powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hi. Um, yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Liz. I'm one of your regular hosts, and this is probably the most excited I've sounded in about three hours since that opening period. But we are here to cover the game two loss to the Vegas Golden Knights in the Winnipeg Jets Golden Knights series. I am here with my wonderful co-host, Brady Chalice, as always, our friend from the Little Flight podcast. Good Lord, there are going to be a lot of mumble jumbles tonight. Connor Rabjack, and I'm also joined by honorary Winnipeg Jets fan, um, Mr. Mike Bartner from MB on Hockey Mbon, whatever you want to call our dear friend here, and he's going to help us keep the vibes up tonight because I think a few of us are feeling not so great. If you're here live in the chat, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you sticking it out with us and staying up for this little bit of a stinker. But before we get going, if you want to bet, get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. Every hit, every shot, every goal. If two weeks ago you had bet that the Winnipeg Jets would have the most dominant first four periods of any of the opening playoff series and then drop an egg and finish 1-1 in this series and people would be mad about it, you probably have a lot of money right now. (laughs) Um, With competitive odds, the best live in play and more ways than ever to get into the game like Minute Madness, our exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute. Download the app in Ontario using the QR code that you can see at the bottom of the screen or head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN to get started. 19 plus, please feel responsibly, especially during the playoffs. Things can get pretty crazy. Take it easy out there. Look for resources where they're available. That's my big spiel. Hopefully that's the longest I talk because I know we all have a lot of thoughts on this game tonight. So we'll be breaking it all down for you if you're live in the chat right now. Please make sure to like the stream. We really appreciate the support. Uh, Feel free to share your thoughts. Negative or positive, especially the positive ones, because we could probably use them. Um, but to get things started off, why don't we try and keep the vibes a little bit up? Now I'll throw it to Brady first. Brady, what were your thoughts on the opening 20 minutes of that game? <laughs> oh, man, the opening 20 minutes. Uh, that feels like uh, a lifetime ago. Um, honestly, you know, great start to the game. The first period, Jets kind of came out and played pretty much the same Kind of style of game that they played in the first game uh, against the Golden Knights. Uh, heavily outshot them. Um, things were looking good. They got the first goal. Uh, everything was kind of going our way. The The main thing uh, I, I really took away from that period was uh, things were starting to get rough. And I got a little bit worried that um, kind of similar to the Calgary Flames game that the Jets played uh, near the end of the season there, that the Jets might get a little bit too caught up in uh, everything else, the extra cur- uh, curriculars that are going on. Um, but I thought they had a, a fantastic start to the game. I, I turned over, looked over to my girlfriend and said, I'm confident. I'm feeling optimistic. This is a different team. And then they showed us, uh, the team we, we saw for probably, I mean, a couple months coming near the end of the season. So yeah, I'll, 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 I'll save it there. Uh, that was my thoughts on the first, uh, the first period looked, looked real good, uh, all around. I would say I didn't have any, any, you know, notable bad things. The refing was kind of all over the place, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, how about, uh, how about you? How about you guys? Uh, Connor, what about you? How are you feeling on that? That first period? So the first period I was actually sitting with people, I told them it felt like the fourth period of game one. It was just a continuation of everything that was going right. Um, But the most notable thing was the top line was amazing in game one. Pierre-Luc Dubois was firing. Kyle Connor was making moves in game one, in period one. Kyle Connor was was making moves. Mark Chetley was there. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Period one, Kyle Connor was making moves. He was undressing defenders. He was making plays. That just went away for the back 40 minutes of this game. Uh, and I think that was the difference because the Jets got depth goals. They got goals from Adam Lowry and Kevin Stenland. 
but the top line was just invisible for periods two and three. Uh, and against Vegas, if your top players aren't going to be your best players, that's you're signing your own death warrant. So, oh, absolutely. The, no, 100%. the first period was four lines were rolling, um, but then the top line uh, and even the second line to an extent just kind of disappeared for the back forty. But um, yeah, that the first twenty was very, very promising. I thought, oh my god, the Jets are going to come back up two zero. Uh, this is going to be a great. And then, yeah, everything fell apart. Speaking of promising, um, Mike, what about the save of the year that we saw in that first period? Absolutely insane. I, I, I thought for sure it was a goal. I was like, why Why are they calling it not in? His, his glove was clearly in. At first, I didn't even realize that he caught the puck. It, it was absolutely insane. And then right after that, he obviously had the head save where he was bleeding immediately after. So, yeah, first period, Connor Hellbuck maybe didn't see a ton of action, but he was fantastic. And, you know, I want to add on to there just just to kind of, you know, talk about how the Jets were just a completely different team in that first period. Right after Connor Hellebuck gets that shot to the mask uh, and, and is bleeding, the Jets did not allow a shot against for the next seven minutes. Like that, that is what one thing that we really talked about for for last game was how the Jets um, like kind of gave, gave Connor Hellebuck a game where he didn't have to be you know, the, the Connor Hellebuck that we all know and love. Uh, and, and it felt like they were again, kept returning the favor again, going back to what Connor said, it felt like the fourth period of that last game. Um, it was fantastic to see them like actually, you know, stand up for the goalie. I, I mean, I, I feel like you got to know at that point that, you know, your goalie might be a little bit rattled. I mean, a, a 96 mile an hour slap shot to the face, regardless of the, of the eyebrow being cut is going to probably rattle you a little bit. Um, so I, I I just I wanted to commend before we get into the negative stuff. That was one thing I wanted to add on the on the positive side of things. That was really good. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to add that. Well, I mean, while we're on the positive, and I think I want to talk about this before we. I guess it kind of correlates with a lot of what we want to say about the Jets, but we want to talk goaltending. Russell definitely had a, ba- a bounce back performance today compared to what we saw last game. Not that he was terrible last game, but I was listening to Kenny and Rennie, our good friends, of course. Um, and Sean made a really good point about how if they were to have started someone else, that was obviously a big discussion around a lot of people, you know, Aiden Hill, Jonathan Quick, what are we going to get up in there? Uh, I think it would have sent the wrong message to the team to start someone else because the Vegas Golden Knights were stinky last game. They were mm-hmm. all horrible. They were they were so bad. And if you change the goalie, it makes it look like, hey, man, it, it was on him. But it wasn't. It was on their offense and, you know, their big lines who were certainly a lot better tonight. So I think Braswa knew that this game is extremely important for him and he played a lot better. Not that the Jets were, you know, terrific, fantastic in a lot of different areas. But if he had played the exact same way that he had played on Tuesday, I think the Jets score a couple more. For sure. Yeah, I I think it probably was the right decision to go back with Braswa again. Um and I guess he showed why. Uh, but I also don't think that the Jets tested him that much tonight. Like I, I, like I felt like they, you know, they they did what they could to get some decent shots on here and there. I mean, the goals that they scored were, um, you know, a, a point shot tip, which you know I, that's that can go in on any goalie, and then a really nice tip in front from uh, Kevin Stenland. So like, I don't know. Like this game wasn't a game where I felt like Bressois was you know, perfect or anything like that. I, I think the Jets really struggled to get a lot of chances in this in the middle of the slot. Um, and, you know, it, I don't think that Bruswan needed to be fantastic tonight, although I do think he did play a lot better. 
Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's let's get into a little bit of the weeds here and talk about a couple things and to, you know, keep it fun and make it exciting. Why doesn't everyone come up with their underperformer of the game? This is sponsored by SDPN, your SDPN underperformer of tonight's game. Um, I'll throw it to you first, Mike. Who uh, did you watch tonight and say, yeah, that's not what I was looking for? Kind of an obvious one, but Mark Shifley. Obviously, first period, very good. But the, the final two periods, horrible defensively, literally caught sleeping. I, I always hear about how bad defensively Mark Shifley is. I really got an up-close and personal experience of Mark Shifley trying to play defense. And just overall, in, this, in the final two periods, the top line as a whole was just not good enough. So I think Mark Shifley, he gave you that. You, you really you really thought he finally showed up in the first period. And then the final two, he just really collapsed. And was a big disappointment. Oh, yep. Absolutely. I think that might be a common denominator, but I will challenge everyone to come up with something different. So, Connor, who was your (laughs) SDPN underperformer of the game? I really don't want to have to come up with someone different because it'd be (laughs) easy for all four of us to just say Mark Shifley. Um, But I'll go Blake Wheeler. Uh, I wanted to pick someone from that second forward line. Blake Wheeler had, I thought, a fantastic game one. Uh, Brady, I know you were kind of uh, ragging on him game one. We saw that one a little differently. I thought he was good, um, but he had a few assists. He had a goal. Um, and then this game, it just seemed like his legs weren't there. Um, he was turning the puck over a lot on entry at the blue line. Uh, and when that second line isn't moving the puck well, um, they're just not effective at all. Uh, there was one tactical adjustment that I saw Vegas make. Um Shout out to Winnipeg Chief on Twitter. He actually like tweeted this out and I Always. hadn't realized it. Always. I hadn't realized that Vegas had made this switch. Um, but Vegas typically plays a 1-2-2 in the neutral zone. And they switched to a 1-3-1 to start the second period. Right and when the Jets started playing bad. Everything. <laughs> the Jets have struggled against a 1-3-1 neutral zone forecheck all year. They have not figured it out. And if Vegas has figured out that that's their weakness... Players like Blake Wheeler and Vlasov Nesikov who can't really skate, <laughs> they they're that that line is cooked. So that's something to watch for game three. But Blake Wheeler, because of that switch to the one three one by Vegas, that's my uh that's my underperformer of the night. Yeah, definitely. Brady, I, what's yours? I sat here this entire time just trying to think, just trying to think of anybody else, but I I really can't. I really can't. I and I said this before we got on here. I said this to you guys, but I am going to tear a strip off of Mark Shifley. Also, to be clear, I was only uh, upset with how Wheeler was used on the power play uh, last game. It, that's that's Fair the main. That was my main issue with last game. I did think he had a good Fair game, enough. but anyways, that's not Fair the enough. point. Uh, I think I think that top line as a whole. Other than I think Kyle Connor had a pretty decent game. There's a lot of things I still struggle with in his game. His, you know, playing on the boards, this and that. Uh, I didn't like the fact that Pierre Luc Dubois wasn't really driving the net as as strongly as uh, I had hoped, or as you know, as strongly as we saw yesterday, or not yesterday, last game. But Mark Shifley is at can you can pin two of two of the most important goals in this game. The the uh, I believe it was the. The second and third one. Let me just make sure. No, it was the first one and the third one. Uh, the first one was 
brutal. So basically what happened was uh, Mark Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois decided to take the longest shifts ever. Uh, I just want to remind everyone that at the start of the year, Rick Bonus was yelling that, you know, the, the top guys are taking too long of shifts. And that was when they were taking minute long shifts. This shift by Pierre-Luc Dubois and Mark Shifley was a minute and 57 seconds long. I like so so sure sure when when this happens when I when I get upset about how this goal was scored um you know you 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 know people will say oh well you know they're at the end of a long shift they're tired get the fuck off the ice I'm sorry like get off the ice there is no reason why Mark Shifley can be in the middle of the slot literally just standing there doing absolutely nothing watching as if he's got popcorn in his uh you know in his other hand just watching as as William Carlson comes in and just takes the shot and just rips one right above as the puck is bouncing around. Here's the thing. I'm not even, you know, upset the fact that he wasn't able to clear the puck or this and that. It's just get in the way. You just need to put your body in in between the puck and the net or in between the player and the puck. And Mark Shifley just stood there and just watched as if the puck was going to come there. He, he was playing like a table hockey player. Like he could only go up and down the ice and couldn't go left and right. And then the like the third goal, uh, you know, a draw that he doesn't win in, in the in the defensive zone. Uh, and then he immediately loses Chandler Stevenson. And the issue the, the like the big issue here is like, you know, he's trying to tie up the stick, but he doesn't move his feet. Watch the goal back. He does not move his feet after taking the first two initial strides just to get some momentum. This like if you want to be a top line center on on any team, if you want to be a franchise player, if like like this Mark again, we I have to remind everyone all the time. Mark Shifley is this guy that we have like talked about like he's the hockey nerd, you know, he's the guy who who uh at some point everyone was like, "Oh, he was saying he wants to be the next Crosby." Like he's a freaking student of the game. He's a student of the game. Like what are you talking about? Like it's it is a joke. I'm sorry I have to go off here, but those two goals just scream to me. I don't care enough. I don't care about my teammates. I don't care about my goalie, and I don't care about it right now. This team all as a whole tonight played like they were at the blackjack table till two in the morning yesterday. And Mark Shifley is at the top of the list. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say the same player as everyone else. But that was just atrocious. In in a game where you have all the momentum, and we know how badly the Jets struggle when when uh, when the other teams get momentum, just no, definitely. absolutely brutal, man. Just brutal. No, I I hundred percent agree, and I think it's it's rightful in this scenario. And we are a fan driven show for the fans, and we're gonna voice what the fans want to hear, and that's exactly what everyone is feeling tonight. And like you said, it's like just in a game where you have the control and your line is contributing to that control and you just step off and it's, it looks like you don't even care. People get frustrated. Um, my SCPN underperformer of the game is Rick bonus. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of the different um, lines that I did not like the deployment of tonight. I thought they underutilized the hell out of the Adam Lowry lines tonight, which is I, if you, would have heard me say this like three months ago. I'd be like, that's not me. That I would never say that because I am a chronic Adam Lowry is used too much. Er, um, but I thought as fantastic as they were last game, they were super instrumental to shutting down some really key offensive players for Vegas. We know that Vegas moved Eichel and Stone together and there was nothing that happened with the Adam Lowry with them on the ice. That line had 
like a lot less time than the Mark Streifen line did tonight. Normally I'd be okay with that because I like putting out the offensive like firepower lines to try and generate some more when you're not um you know, when you're when you're behind and you need to score some goals. I really hate it when people take too defensive of an approach when you need some offensive firepower, but there was nothing coming from that line tonight. It was like they were playing hot potato with the puck. The puck management was abysmal in the second and third period from that first line in particular. And also the second line, I thought Vlad Nemeskov was very disappointing tonight. A couple of people in the chat mentioned that they liked his game tonight. I disagree. Um, but I thought that the usage was weird tonight. And like I you I can't remember which one of you mentioned it. I'm so all over the place right now because of how just like weirdly fired up I am in like the worst ways possible but like the line changing was horrendous tonight like there was just so much weird bench management I feel like going on it's like something weird happened in the second intermission and I or pardon me the first intermission and I fully agree that the one three one is a big piece of that too there's one game I remember in particular um it was my first ever solo stream on SDPN and it was against Washington and I was like oh god what I'm gonna talk about but it was like a textbook game that you would show to like a minor hockey team of like what not to do when a team is playing trap defense because the Jets were horrific on zone entries on that particular trap of the one three one and this was like giving flashbacks to that game where it was just absolutely no controlled possession going into the zone god they need Nikolai back so badly and I'm so confused with the whole situation I don't even know like I feel like I can't even talk about it because I just feel like there's so much weirdness going on there that I don't even know um but yeah Rick Bonus kind of gets my weird underperformer of the game here because I wasn't a huge fan um Connor do you have any thoughts on the Adam Lowry line tonight and what you saw from them I thought they were the best forward line like the fourth line was good they um, they kept getting thrown out in weird situations as well to kind of further your point there. But hey, they scored a goal. You can't really ask much more of the fourth line when they chip in a goal in a playoff game on the road. Uh, but the Adam Lowry line was the best line because the top two lines just could not get through Vegas's trap defense. And the third line can actually make, could, could and can make things happen when they just dump the puck in and use their size and physicality to get the puck back, get the puck to the point. Offense generates from there, right? The top two lines were trying to carry the puck in. It clearly wasn't working. And they were spending a lot of time playing defense. Um, just to kind of round out this uh, underperformer of the game, top line media is in the chat hammering the table for Neil Pionk. Um, I just want to say that I do agree. Neil Pionk did have a bad game. Uh, I also want to highlight the fact that I think they demoted him to start the third period. They went Sandberg, Pionk, and Dylan Schmidt. Um, so yeah, Pionk, to further your puck management, um topic there he was very very bad in his own zone lots of turnovers he's allergic to an exit pass yeah lots of just chips uh the broadcast was like praising the jets for chipping the puck out in game one but in this game it just didn't work because they'd be tired they chipped the puck out and vegas would come right back and they'd still be tired and mistakes would happen or they would just ice the puck and that happened a lot this game too but i just want i saw top line media in the chat i just wanted to 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 point that out that I also think Neil Pionk had a bad game. <laughs> I'm just sure. looking at this box score here. So if we want to look a little bit of time on ice, this might be the most tight I've seen two, three, four for lines for usage this year. The first line had 20 minutes each kind of pure like Dubois, notably a little bit less. Mark Shifley cracked 20 minutes, thank God. Um, but the Adam Lowry line, 15 minutes, the fourth line, um, eleven minutes. The Vladimir line, 15 minutes. Like, I, what, what's the reason for that? Like, I don't know if, um, I'll just throw it to the general public on this. Did anyone particularly notice anything with how the Jets tried to react a little bit to the stone line being a little bit more explosive tonight? 
I I think that this was actually just gen generally a I think Bruce Cassidy played his lineup a little bit better this this game. Like last game, he kind of played it like numbers wise, like he wanted to have his top line against the Jets third line. And then I guess this game, he realized that Adam Lowry is more of like Adam Lowry's line is actually more of like a second line for the Jets. Uh, And he kind of hard matched from what I can see here uh, as as much as he could against um, uh, what was it? The the second line, the Nemestikov, Wheeler and uh, and Nino line. Um, And I think that they like they that that line just didn't have it tonight uh, like a, a lot of the lines there's a lot of things you can say uh about all of them um but i think the 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 second line very clearly in my opinion was the the like standout least good of all of them it felt like they didn't really have a ton going nino niederreiter was banging and crashing which you know i can appreciate in a game where you lose but uh, you know, if that's going to be your second line, uh, you, you need a little bit more out of them and, uh, and returning to the, to the first line, it's just like, you know, I, I had some questions putting this, this line together. Uh, I've had some questions in regards to putting Shifley and Connor back together, just in regards to, you know, that, that line needs to be able to generate, uh, in order to justify its existence, because you have a couple players on there who are not the best in the defensive zone. Um, and, you know, if they aren't playing their best in their defensive zone, uh, you need to at least be covering up for it on the other end of the ice. And tonight, like, I, I still do think they created decently well. Again, like, how many shots did Kyle Connor have tonight? Like, he could have had more than a few goals in that first period alone. Um, but man like just the the puck management I'm, i can't remember who it was who touched on it but the puck management was just atrocious almost all around from that top six um it was just frustrating man it was just so frustrating i don't have anywhere else to go from this but it's just that's all good i am um, i think this is a good time for me to tell you guys a little bit about some of the links that you might be seeing in the chat right now from sdpn from brady um right now during the playoffs all of the you know, all three of us came over Edmonton and Toronto and Winnipeg, of course, um, are raising money for Alphabet Sports Collective uh, throughout all of the playoffs, as long as we are sticking around for hopefully a little bit longer for us. Um, Alphabet Sports Collective creates a safe and inclusive environment in hockey for folks of all sexual identities and gender expressions through education, community building and mobilization. You can donate to Alphabet Sports Collective using any of the links that you see in the chat. This cause is very important to us, so please check it out and educate yourselves a little bit on what they do and how important they are to the hockey community and donate if you're willing and able. So we'll be dropping the links a couple more times throughout the rest of the the stream. Um, But as we keep going, I want to talk a little bit about Vegas um, because I think we would be, you know, it it would be foolish of us not to talk a little bit about their key players. Um, And I, not, not to plug, you know, whatever. Um, I had an interview on CBC yesterday and they're like, what do you think you're going to see from Vegas on Thursday? And I was like, um, I think their good players are going to be good. And I was like, this makes no sense. But then I had to explain myself a little bit where their best players were not their best players on Tuesday. And I thought their best players were their best players tonight. Mike, what are your thoughts on that? For me, obviously, yeah, their big guy showed up for a guy that really showed up for me and was kind of their MVP is William Carlson. I thought he was the only, really the only one generating chances in that first period. I think maybe it was the first period of the second. He had the penalty kill breakaway. And then obviously he ends up getting on the board in the second period. I thought he was their real MVP this uh, this game. Obviously Eichel and Stone stepped it up. But yeah, overall, you finally saw their big guys step up with a team like that. That's not really that deep at the forward core. It's kind of something they need to do to win. 100%. Um, that last Stone goal, um, 
or the Nate Schmidt goal, if I may, that deflection again, Connor Hellbuck would have had it. Um, it was an unfortunate stick, but this is such a weird thing to bring up, but the way Mark Stone celebrated after that, just like full screaming, slam into the boards, like, I just felt like the vibes were so much better for the Vegas Golden Knights, and, that, and that's not what I want. That's the opposite of what I want, actually, but I just feel like him getting progressively better is obviously what we were expecting, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, sometimes I'm silly and I forget how damn good this player is, and I, when he was essentially a non-factor in game one i was like whatever and tonight i'm like great now when i close my eyes all i can see is mark stone because god that guy's good so um i don't know if anyone else has any other thoughts they want to make sure they bring up about some of those um important vegas players yeah stone game one was ugly from mark stone like he looked slow he looked gas he still played over 20 minutes bruce cassidy ran him into the ground even though he was hadn't played in three months but he did not look like the Mark Stone. And then tonight, obviously, it's easy to say he looked like Mark Stone because he had two goals. But he was also making defensive plays. He was taking pucks off of defenders. And that's what Mark Stone does is he gets in on the forecheck and he just steals pucks. And he's one of the most defensively responsible wingers in the entire league. And that was the that's what stood out to me. Obviously, that one goal off the rush was kind of just a tap in. He goes to the net. Nice pass. Um, and he just taps it in for the for the goal. The second one goes off of Nate Schmidt. Those aren't really like, oh my God, Mark Stone is the most talented player ever. Um, but you could really tell that the defensive ability was there. He was moving a lot better today. And a healthy Mark Stone makes Vegas so much better. So much better. And Jack Eichel as well. Um, I feel like he had the puck on a stick a lot more tonight. Um, he ended up with the deflection goal as well. Uh, but it's easy to say that these two players are great because they are. But they were way more noticeable in this game than they were um, on in game one. Yeah, I, I also want to give, give a little bit of a shout out uh, for the second game in a row to Chandler Stevenson, this time for different reasons. Uh, I thought he played phenomenally for the uh, for the Golden Knights tonight. He's kind of riding shotgun with uh, Stone on that line. And it just felt like every single time that the Jets were getting hemmed in on their in their zone, it was that that Stone and, and uh, Stevenson line. Uh, obviously, it's easy to point out the guy who, you know, has two points in this game uh, and a key uh, two points, but um, I, I just felt like every single time that there were issues that the Jets were facing, it was at the hand of Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Uh, so, you know, I, I do love Mark Stone and I, I love expressive Mark Stone. I hate it when it's against my team. Uh, but but Chandler Stevenson was cool as a cucumber today and, and absolutely kicked our ass, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And can you imagine... Logan Stanley and Jack Roslevic for Mark Stone. Never forget. Anyways, um, that's the song. Don't bring Don't that even up do right this. now. That's Don't. legendary. That is legendary. I want to talk about the vibes. Okay. So this is my turn to go on a little bit of a rant here. It's the kind of thing where when we had Marat on our episode um, at the very end of the season, he talked a little bit about aggregate data and how it sometimes doesn't talk about the importance of, you know, isolated events. And for example, he used a really good example of someone like Eric Carlson. So if you look in the aggregate and all those different things that he's able to contribute across the board, but maybe he's not the one guy that you trust in the one isolated play in your D zone to box out a player. This is all to say, Aggregate stuff is extremely important, and the Winnipeg Jets coming in 1-1 going home is good in the aggregate. But I'm frustrated because knowing the specifics of how they got that to that 1-1 is annoying to me because they did it to themselves. They had every power in the world to 
win this game tonight and to go up to nothing, play like they did yesterday. And I thought the Vegas Golden Knights obviously looked better, but not better to the degree that if the Winnipeg Jets had, you know, stopped throwing pucks at each other and falling over and jumping over the boards and doing the cucaracha on the ice. Like, I don't know what they were doing. It was just so bizarre and like weird hockey. They would have still won this game, even with Vegas playing as fine as they did, which is why I'm irritated and annoyed. So Connor, what are you thinking coming into Saturday? We have a matinee, a 3 p.m. start, going to be the first whiteout since the pandemic. A lot of excitement, a lot of chatter around the city. Um, the vibes are going to be fantastic in the Canada Life Center regardless. You know, we're not going to have people walking out in the third period when the Jets are down 6 nothing. We'll have, you know, most fans will be sticking around until the end because that's kind of how they rock over here. Not that I necessarily blame people for leaving, but it's just, it matters to everyone that's here. And what do you think we're going to see on Saturday? Saturday is going to be electric between inside the building, the warm-ups, the street party, the bars around the stadium, the bars throughout Winnipeg. Saturday is just going to be insane, especially since it's a 3 p.m. game. And if the Jets win, the party is going to go on all night long. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. Um, just to kind of further your point there about how it's still a 1-1 series, right? Um, Dom of the athletic i'm not going to try and say his last name but dom l of the athletic has a model yeah i don't i'm not even gonna it's, it's loose chichen i watched there it you YouTube it's, it's just a okay. it's, it's just a default <laughs> wi-fi password yeah. there you go him he has a model with playoff probabilities obviously and since the jets stole a game on the road his model says they have a 56 percent chance to win this series so the jets stealing a game on the road gives them the leg up uh, and we can sit here and talk about how good Stone and Eichel looked and how they look ready for the playoffs. But the Jets still stole home ice back. And if Saturday is going to be as electric as we think it's going to be between inside the building and out, the Jets have a clear advantage in this series um, coming back home to Canada Life for the first whiteout since the pandemic. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Me up. Brady, you look like Brady you have something you want to yeah. say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um yeah, no, I mean, like coming into coming back to Winnipeg, I, I, I think that it is it's very interesting to look at this because from a, a bird's eye view, stealing a game is phenomenal. Like just coming back to, to Winnipeg with, a you know, one one. If you would have told me that prior to the series would have been would have been happy, would have been like, that sounds great. Uh, but but the real big frustration is that. This was such a winnable game, and and if it just comes down to playing the the same game that the Jets have been playing for the the first four periods of this series, you take two. If you take two and you come back here up to nothing, boy oh boy, do the do the Vegas Golden Knights feel like they? You know, I feel like it just adds a little bit more of. Are we really? You know, are we really the first in the Pacific? Like, I feel like it adds just that little voice in your head. Whereas now they just have uh, a little bit more momentum. And I completely agree with what you're saying, Connor. Uh, I think that that the Jets do still ha have the upper hand in this series. But it's just, it is frustrating to, you know, see this team. And this, it, it, like, the, the Knights just feel like such a team that has, uh, like, such a swagger to them. That when they get on a roll, and especially with how the Jets are, when we when they get you know when they're on the on the receiving end of of a team that's on a roll things can get scary and so i'm you know i personally am i'm i'm still optimistic we've seen what this team can do we can we've seen how well they can play we've seen that they can dominate the vegas golden knights 
Um, and, you know, coming back to Winnipeg, just having the last change, uh, I, you know, much has been said about Rick Bonus's ability to adapt on the fly. Uh, you, you look back at that Dallas Stars playoff run they had to the to the cup finals. Um, I think that, you know, especially given what we've seen here, we've seen, uh, you know, when certain matchups are against certain uh, other, sorry, certain lines are against certain other lines. Uh, you know, Rick Bonus should be able to look at this and go, okay, there's no goddamn way I'm putting Nemesnikov's line against uh, Eichel, and there's no goddamn way I'm putting the uh, Dubois lineup, or sorry, the the Dubois lineup against the uh, Stevenson Stone line. So I I am very uh, I, I I and I do think that the Canada Life Center has this kind of energy to it that should hopefully pump up the guys, and we all know that motivation and and vibes have been such a key importance to this team. Um, but man, just, I, I, I just can't sit here and not look at the missed opportunity to have all of that momentum and have maybe Vegas sitting there questioning, Oh, who do we even start this game? You know, we're not going to get that on game three now. Uh, I wanted that chat so bad, (laughs) but yeah, it's, so it's, 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 it's tough, but, uh, but I still, I, 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 I foresee the jets still playing well, the rest of this series, but uh, they made it a lot tougher on themselves than it needed to be. That's exactly it. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and going into Saturday, another big, big factor. Um, I'm not going to speculate on it too much because, God, who knows at this point. But, Mike, how big is it going to be if the if the Jets can get Eulers back for Saturday uh, to pump up some offense into that top six? It'll be massive because, as, as, as I've seen, a common theme is how talentless, bad, kind of the bottom six is for the most part. So getting a guy like Ehlers being able to push some of those guys down the list is going to be absolutely fantastic. And I really like the Jets' chances in that game three at home whiteout with Ehlers. Him coming onto the ice, the pop that'll happen if he does play is going to be amazing. Trying to keep the vibes high. 100%, 100%. So while we're trying to keep the vibe, obviously everyone can have a lot of feelings about this, but there are a lot of really, really good things that we can take away from this trip to Vegas, right? Maybe most of it comes from last game and early this game, but nonetheless, now we know what this Jets team is capable of after we watch them punch the faces of the Vegas Golden Knights on Tuesday, which is super, super exciting. Connor, maybe we'll just wrap it up here. What are you just most freaking pumped about for for Saturday? Seeing the Jets solve the 1-3-1. I'm I'm fired I'm up. Not, no, I'm not not miracles go. here, Connor. I'm talking <laughs> oh, realistic, okay. realistic. If I have to be realistic, um, no, like Connor Hellebuck, he didn't have to do anything in game one. I think he proved in this game. Yeah, you look at the final score, there's five goals, but I think he proved that he's here to play. And the Jets still have a goaltending advantage in this series. Um, the Jets are coming home, playoffs for the first time in a few years. Uh they need to solve the one three one. Nikolai Ehlers coming back would be a huge uh, addition for that because attacking with speed through the neutral zone is one perfect way to beat that. Um, but I I think on home ice, you talked about the vibes. You talked about how big that has been. Rick Bonus has basically come in and just made the vibes better, and this team became a playoff team. Um, so with the vibes absolutely sky high on Saturday, I think that that's what I'm most pumped for. And I think the jets actually get back on track and beat Vegas in game three. I love to hear it. Brady thoughts. What was the question again? <laughs> what are you most excited about for Saturday? Other than hanging oh, out with me? 
right in my yeah wedding dress. yeah yeah oh, f- to be clear for the game <laughs> um no, no not for the you know just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um but no i'm i'm just i'm just excited for the the vibe around the city i mean ever since the playoffs has started uh it it, it just feels like the t- the the city is a lot more alive obviously it's a little bit of a, a damper having the snowfall again uh today and yesterday night um but i'm just i'm just excited Ooh. to see everyone losing their minds i'm excited to hear the pop in that building i'm excited to uh just see people around town and just go yell go jets go at anyone who's wearing white like i am just excited for this series to continue i'm excited to cover a game that isn't going to end at midnight uh i'm i can't wait honestly like this saturday is going to be phenomenal monday is going to be a great game too uh we're both going to be in the building and uh and then i guess we'll we'll i guess we're probably going to end up doing these these shows in person together so uh it should be uh should be a lot of fun so i'm just hoping that the jets can build off of you know the vibes and and everything that's going on around the city uh and maybe you know maybe get get back in the win column take take the uh the series back in their own hands um but yeah uh i don't know just i'm just i'm just excited i'm excited for it to be the weekend i'm excited for for everything it's just gonna be a lot it's already friday so that's huge that's big um i think vibes are a continuous theme here and it's huge and i think you know it's square one right now right like it's it's anyone's game it's a level playing field jets with a little bit of an upper hand because of the home ice advantage and how goddamn fun it's gonna be um but mike i feel like you have some words of encouragement that you want to share to the winnipeg jets Shit, wait, I think my mic just switched. <laughs> it sounded fine. He was so excited uh, that he just... I got it, I got it. Okay. Oh, okay. God. I, have, I, 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 took, I took the mic off the stand. I have a little hype speech for us. My fellow Manitobans, we are angry at the boys today, no doubt. It was sloppy. It was ugly. It wasn't Jets hockey. We know they can be better, and they will be because they're Manitoban strong. If you asked any Jets fan if they'd be tied 1-1 Heading back, we all would have taken that. Our boys will now head home to the best playoff atmosphere, and we need you to show up and support. It's a blank slate. It's a five-game series, and we have home ice advantage. Get ready to shock the world and show them what Winnipeg is made of. Sincerely, a fellow Manitoban that loves his team, go Jets, go! That's, wow. Let's go. Art, let's, let's go. go. Incredible. Let's go. <laughs> I'm fired. I can run through a wall right now. I wrote that. I, I wrote that in the dying seconds when Mark Stone potted that second goal. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, I need to add on a positive note. I need to add on a positive note. Brady, could you even <laughs> say you could run through a table? Oh, yeah. I could run through a table. <laughs> as... <laughs> the table is deleted. It's going to be deleted. Thank you guys for having me. Oh. But I think we are feeling excited now fired up honestly i'm so fired up i don't even know how i'm gonna be able to go to bed i might just go watch game one highlights to feel better about myself but um connor brady mike this has been a ton of fun um and so always great to cover um these games that are a little bit disappointing with some good company so things don't feel so bad for those of you who stayed up late with us thank you so much for being here we had great numbers all the way throughout make sure you like the stream on the way out and also head to alphabet sports collective if you get the chance before heading to bed and we'll be here after game three um you saw one of our guests was in the chat no spoilers who but it's gonna be very fun we have a fellow game over host coming on saturday as well so we're gonna have a great crew lined up for saturday which is gonna be great 
Should I wear my veil on the stream? Do you think? I feel like I feel like that would be fun. I feel like they win if they win. Yeah, if they win. Yeah, if they if they they lose, you get left at the altar. Mascara coming down there. Exactly. My bouquet says "Married to the Game," so I have. I'm literally so ready for this, guys. It's gonna be crazy fun. We're so ready for Game Three. It's gonna be lots of fun. We'll be here covering it. Um. Also, make sure you check out Game Over Edmonton and Toronto as well because they're covering some other games from other matchups throughout the playoffs. Hopefully. We'll be seeing Edmonton in round two and chatting with them then. Um, but there's lots of hockey left to play before then. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight. Have a great rest of your evening. Have a great rest of your day if you're listening to this in the morning. And if you are, you're probably smarter than the rest of us who stayed up so late. But have a wonderful weekend. We will see you on Saturday. Like the stream. Okay, bye. Go Jets, go. Go Jets, go. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.